Congratulations once again. At this time, we're going to continue along with our worship service, and today's scripture will be coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 to 27. You can follow along in your Bible on the screen above or on the NMCC app. This is the word of God. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are not presentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Amen. This is the word of God. Today, we actually have um, a special preacher today. Um, many of you guys have seen her in the education wing, and she's been running it. Um, she's been killing it with our education program. Um, she is the wife of Pastor John, mother of Benjamin and Noel, and she can do a handstand better than anyone else I know. With that being said, let's honor Pastor Hannah. Thank you. Thank you for... Yes, I became the education director in November, but I've been around for some time. Um, welcome if you are a guest at New Mercy. I was like, this is the Sunday where the women get to represent. <laughs> um, I started to think about the, um, this ordination Sunday, and um, the main question that I tried to answer in my mind was, what do these leaders, these newly ordained leaders, need to hear? And um, so I thought it would be important that today's passage be a word that's meaningful, not only for those who are ordained, but also everybody sitting in this space that we are witness to this, um, that we hope that this word is powerful and life-giving. So I started to watch this thing called Masterclass. I don't know if you guys know what this is, but my brother-in-law and sister-in-law got a subscription to this. And so in true family mooching fashion, <laughs> I got to watch a few of these um, things called Masterclass, if you don't know what it is. It's an online subscription-based learning platform. And you can learn from, let's just say, an expert in a field, and they have classes. Um, and they're short segments. They're like 15 to 20 minutes, and it varies in length. And you have people that are let's just say masters or experts in so many different categories, like cooking, there's like Gordon Ramsay, he, he teaches a class, and there's people that are in 
fashion, and then there's mathematics, and there's a lot of different topics. I actually got to watch one of the master classes with my son, Benjamin Steph Curry, teaches one about basketball. And so I sat with my son, Benjamin, and we got to watch this master class. And I got to watch a bunch of them. And out of all of them, the one that actually surprised me the most was a master class by a woman named Anna Wintour. For you guys don't know who she is, she's basically the editor-in-chief of Vogue magazine. And I originally started watching this master class thinking that it was going to be about fashion or magazines. Because uh, back in another lifetime when I was in college, I actually majored in print specifically in magazines. And so I was just like, oh, I'm going to learn about something that I used to be in. So I went in kind of going like this. But it was nothing to do, not that much to do with fashion. And it definitely wasn't about magazines per se. But her master class was about leadership. And it surprised me. And it inspired me, actually, um, because I want to share some of these kind of uh, kingdom principles that I was inspired by that this very verse that we read that Pastor Josh read for us and there's so many kingdom principles um, that as leaders that I hope that you would receive today from today's word um, and again while I am speaking to our leadership I hope that you all as a community um, can we can all press in a little bit deeper and maybe that today, that through today's word, that you may come with us maybe one step further along wherever you are on your walk with the Lord. Uh, First Corinthians was written by Apostle Paul. And I actually had a giant commentary in my car the whole entire week because I'm very old school. I still like books. And so I had this giant commentary, and the kids would read, they would look at the cover of it because it's a very oddly thick book. And they're like, uh, epistles of the first Corinthians. And I was explaining to them, an epistle is a letter. And so Paul wrote a letter to people in a place called Corinth. And this is where first Corinthians kind of takes place. In this passage that you guys read above, um, I love how Paul, he describes the church as a body, and he uses parts of the body. A body is what he, he calls the church. He didn't compare the church to an animal or a machine or anything that was made by humans, like a man-made thing. Paul compares the church to something only God, only he, our maker, could design, only God could bring to life, and only a masterpiece so amazing that was created specifically in his image, a body. There are a few kingdom principles here um, from this passage, and, and I hope that we can absorb some of these things and remember as we continue this thing called church that we do together. Um, the first is that God's process is slow. The second principle is that we need every single part and the third is you need to give to gain, okay? So when I was, uh, when you look at the human body, it's the greatest testimony to God's really slow process. You know, even having 
a baby, I have two kids. And even to birth a child, it takes nine months of gestational period in order to even have a baby. That's almost a year to grow a baby. And then even when the baby comes out, it takes a year for the baby to even walk and even to feed themselves to some degree. And arguably, I know we have some older parents in here, arguably even 18 is still not a full adult, right? They still mooch off of you. They come around. They need you. Um, and so in this way, you start to see the slow process of God. So many other species that God created in things, plants and animals, they echo God's slow process. You know, flowers don't just bloom overnight, and that there's a process in which even plants will grow. There needs to be a seed. You need to have a fertile area or something for it to grow. You need water and sun and time and time and more time. <laughs> and so, and animals are the same way. There's a slow process. The most, most contradictory and the most curious part about us as believers is that when it comes to answered prayers or changing or changed relationships or growth in a relationship or maybe healing, whether it's physical or inner healing, when things don't happen instantaneously, it's very easy that we get so frustrated with God. Is that not true? Everything in his nature talks about a slow process, but when we don't get what we want from God, we get so frustrated we get impatient. And I think that the worst part about it is, is that apathy starts to settle in. God becomes something, he goes, it doesn't work for me. Or we say, God is not working. He doesn't hear me. Okay? God's process is slow. And we need to keep telling ourselves that. Not only is growth or God's process super slow, but it's rarely a linear line upwards. Um, a few weeks back, I was, uh, I, I know absolutely nothing about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, but a few weeks back, the market crashed. And because it was becoming on national news, I do read the news just to see what's going on in the world. And so I read a few articles about this whole market crash type of thing. And when you watch, when you look at like a chart of what was happening in the finance world, literally it looked like this. And then they're showing a graph of what it's going to look like projected to be in the year. Like I said, I don't know anything about that. But when you look at a growth chart for anything, the line is never, ever an upward diagonal, right? Growth charts always look kind of like a squiggle line upwards like this. Growth is never, ever a linear line. There's no such thing as linear growth in God's kingdom. But any setbacks that we ever see, we throw up our fists at God. And even worse, we become so closed and apathetic. The reason I actually love the Old Testament, I always say this to you guys, I love the Old Testament so much is because you can literally read the old the slow process of God. Moses was 80 years old when he led Israel out of Egypt. He spent 40 years as a prince of Egypt. 40 years he became a shepherd in Midian. And then at his 80th year, he was called to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. That is a slow process. 
Joseph, when he was 17 years old, he was sold into slavery by his brothers. He spent 13 years in the house of Potiphar and then in jail. He was imprisoned. And by the time he was promoted to be the second in command next to Pharaoh himself, he was probably in his late 30s, early 40s. They're not sure exactly when. But that is a slow process. It was not a quick journey and definitely was not a linear upward growth. It wasn't always up, 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 up. It was so many dips and turns. Abraham and Sarah were 100 years old when they had their first child, Isaac, together. 100. Can you guys imagine parents having a child at 100 years old, a promised child? They waited 100 years for God's promise. David, when he was 15 years old, when, he, when Samuel anointed him as king, the next king of Israel, but he waited another 15 years to actually for that to come to pass. He was um, basically <laughs> getting chased around by Saul. And so you don't see him actually come into power until 15 years after his anointing. And we can go on and on and on, and the Old Testament speaks the story of God's slow process, okay? It's slow, but it's so epic, right? It's the most epic, amazing process. And God's process may be slow, but it's always for our benefit. It's his grace for us that he goes so slow, you know? And let me just tell you, I really am very bad at being patient in this area as well, but... God's process is always slow and always sovereign. The second kingdom principle that we see is, in our verse that we read today, was that you need every single part, okay? I'm going to read just like a few little uh, verses that I really felt were like speaking to me and hope they speak to you again. But in verse 18, it says, but in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be, if they were all one part, where would the body be, right? If we're all eyeballs, then we're going to just only see, right? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, oh, I don't need you. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Every person sitting in this space, every person joining us online, you have a part, a purpose in this community. And we absolutely, 100% need everybody that sits in this space. We don't need just pastors. We don't need just hosts. We don't need just an elder or deacons. We need every body, including our babies, okay? There's a part. And um, this is the part where I sometimes think the first thing that comes into mind is you think of that person that's like kind of a thorn on your side. You come to church and you're like, oh, and you turn the other way. <laughs> In these times, you think of that person that you really kind of want to avoid or dread to see. And those people are here at church as well. And the one greatest thing, I told you, this is why we need every single part. 
these people that you consider harder or a thorn in your side, these people will teach you more about the kingdom and help you grow more as a person than any friend will. They sharpen you, they humble you, and they teach you where you need to grow. And this is God's mercy. And we need every single person, every single part. Those people are the reflection of God's goodness for you as leaders. So when as leaders you see these people that are harder for you to have a relationship with, to grow with next to, have this personality that may not fit yours as well, know that this is God's grace for you and keep telling yourself this is God's purpose and kingdom plan. Okay? The last kingdom principle that we learn from this passage is that you have to give to gain. And growing, it comes with a cost, okay? Uh, I'm going to go back to Paul's body analogy here um, because in my, I have a hobby world. I call this my hobby world. Um, I still teach at a, a fitness class at Equinox, and I feel like sometimes the fitness world understands this principle, the principle that you have to give to gain a lot better than sometimes the church does because if you want to grow or change your body, you need to sacrifice a few things. <laughs> and the sacrifice that comes along with change is time. You need to give up a lot of your energy. Sometimes if you're in a place where you want to get to a certain girth or height or weight or whatever it is, you have to give up really yummy food. Um, there's things you have to give up. And if you join a gym, you, you sacrifice your money, right? <laughs> and if you have a trainer, even more money. Um, but there's a cost at changing even your physical body. You know, I talked about, like, money before, but even a lot of you guys are in the finance industry, and you guys know in order for you to grow an investment, you have to invest something, right? You can't just say, oh, I want this investment to grow without putting a dollar in. It doesn't work like that, right? You put something in, and it's going to cost something. The number one criticism that people have of church is that is about the community, actually. People say, oh, I left the church because I didn't like the community there. Oh, I don't feel like I found my crowd at wherever, New Mercy or wherever. Or nobody cares about me at this church. And many times people fall away from the church because of relational reasons. And I'm going to be real here with you guys. If you want deeper relationships with people in the church, you have to give to gain. You have to, you, everyone wants this like maximum result with very minimum input. But relationships take, number one, God's process, it takes a lot of time. And you have to put in a lot of effort in order for relationships to grow. You have to put yourself out there. Now, you have to join a family group. You have to be a little awkward at many, 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 many points along the way. You have to be a friend to somebody before you expect somebody to always be approaching you first or be a friend to you first. You have to give to gain. If you want to change your relationship with the Lord, you have to pray and you have to read the Bible. If you're working on soul care aspects, inner healing, or you're walking on that portion of your life, you need to reach out. We have an amazing prayer team that's here 24-7, if you like, you can text us at any point, Pastor Lisa, and our team gets ding, 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 ding. We all get, we'll pray for you. 
But you have to reach out for those things. If you want inner healing or soul care, you have to ask for that. And if you really want to count, get counseling and spend time in growth, you have to give to gain, right? Along the way, this aspect of our Christian walk, it became so completely skewed. God does everything and we just sit back and do nothing. Along the way, the responsibility, we just gave it to God. But there are some aspects that we need to be challenged in and do. If you want your relationship to grow with our church, you got to give to gain, okay? It's not a one-sided show here. Wherever you, are, wherever you are on your walk with God and whatever season that you're in, I'm not asking you, let's just say if you're newer to church, to all of a sudden become, sell all your things and go on missions with us. It's not like that. I want to ask that you just take one more step ahead of where you are. Maybe you're somebody who was just attending New Mercy for a little bit. Will you take that next step and maybe find out about membership and joining our community? If you are a member at New Mercy and you want to get plugged in a little bit more and you've been pushing it off and pushing it off, we have 16 family groups that are going to be available for you guys to just press in. Or maybe you've been a part of a family group for a really long time and you want to take that next step and join our leadership in the host world. Let me just tell you the amazing vibe that is there in our host world. We hope that we're extending it to our church, but becoming a leader really is so blessing. I am so blessed more so. Maybe you are on that journey where you're learning how to give a little bit more in your monetary generosity. If God is calling you there just one step further, we're asking you to go one more step. We're not asking you to jump a thousand. And this is the thing. You are not going to be alone. We're all running the same race. Paul, later on, he calls our walk, our Christian walk, a marathon, a race. I love that analogy, too. It's long. It's a long process of God. But when you look side by side, there will always be somebody running next to you. And somebody here sitting in these chairs will be running next to you. I'll be running next to you. Won't you come one step more with me? I'm going to ask the praise team to come up. Um, and uh, today's message wasn't long um, because we had an ordination and we're going to have communion afterwards. But I'm going to invite the praise team. Um, the fact that you guys are all sitting in this space today or online with us, it says something. You gave up your time, and sometimes this is your only day off, your free time, in order to spend your time here in this community. And we thank you so much for joining us. But now, I feel like the Lord wants to challenge our church. Won't you come one more step with us? One more step. Um, the analogy I keep always thinking about was we had a speaker at a retreat that came, and he said, the difference between a church is whether you view the church as a battleship or as a cruise ship. If you think a church is a cruise ship, you always want to receive. You're on vacation, you're relaxed, you want everybody to bring things to you, you're doing, you know, vacation things. But if you view the church as a battleship, every person on that ship has a purpose, whether you are a cook or shoveling coal in to move that ship along, whether you're um, getting ready for whatever thing, but a battleship, we're called to fight. 
It's not something that we come and we just relax, but instead we're going into a spiritual battle together. And I want to be on that road with you. I'm not going to say that it's easy. It's a long road. It's a marathon, a long journey that takes a long process to grow. But I'm standing here going to step my next step. Won't you be that person that stands next to me and we can walk it out step by step? If you're seeking healing or you want prayer after service, we want to walk with you wherever you are in that journey. We want to do this together because this is the community that we're calling for. And while it may not look exactly the way that you want it to look right now, if you just invest one more piece of yourself, one more step out, I promise the kingdom rewards are eternal. And this is the promise of God. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank you so much for the ordination of these leaders today. They are testimony to your life. Even each of them carry the testimony of who you are in their life. Lord, I pray for this continual, continual process, Lord. Your process is not easy, but it's good. And Lord, it's always perfectly timed. Lord, may we come and we just walk one more step forward. Challenge us so that we can step forward one more step one more place and so lord um, we praise you in advance before the victory comes before the change even comes we give you praise and honor because your work on the cross was that just that you already claimed the victory for new mercy you already claimed the victory for bergen county for new jersey for the united states for our area and lord we ask that we can just be a piece of that just a small piece of what you're doing, Lord. We thank you, Father. We bless these brothers and sisters that sit in this space. You are sovereign and good. We just cover them with this, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.